Hello, welcome to Polytricking with TD Madia. I'm TD Madia. This is episode four of season two of a politics podcast brought to you by Eyewitness News. So we've come from a really weird weekend. All the former presidents were out and about. Yotabombeki, he was at the Strategic Dialogue Group. You also had Khalima Mutlante at his annual uh, inclusive dialogue forum that was taking place in Drakensburg. And of course, you had Nwamalala. To me, they said, expect bombshell after bombshell after bombshell when former president jacob zuma finally speaks um that wasn't my takeaway i was in drakensburg at the mutlante forum listening and watching youtube to watch mbeki and to watch zuma hopping literally between the two former presidents while at another event with another former president so it was a presidential weekend that the country observed but my takeaway from zuma's briefing is number one, here's a man on a mission. I would have made an argument that he's out of ideas, but I think he's up to something. There's something happening. There's something brewing. What well, is something in the air around Jacob Zuma? And then I thought, hmm, here's a man with zero sense of irony, you know, calling another president corrupt. And I kept thinking, we've been here before. Yeah, treasonous. Uh, we've been here before. And then they asked him about his well-being, which is also really funny. And that's what's, that was actually my ultimate takeaway, where he was asked about his well-being. If he's trying to become NC chairperson or NC president or NC deputy, whatever he wants to be in that party, right? Then he gets asked about it, and he's like, what? Are you a doctor? Hmm? And he says he's, he's of good health, and he answers it. And I thought, did you not just come out? of jail via medical parole is this man not said to be terminally ill that was like really really the only thing i kept thinking about but they definitely definitely kept me glued on all the different briefings that were taking place i was like what a political weekend so we started the week with an update on state capture from president Cyril ramaphosa he addressed the nation on sunday evening Yes, the incumbent also must come to the party. You kind of three former leaders dominating the media space. We're all talking about them. I know that um, the ANC in KwaZulu-Natal and in Popo in the Eastern Cape have come out against the three former presidents. They've come out against uh, Mbeki, Mutlante, and Zuma. What was weird for me is I didn't understand why Mutlante's name was in it. I was like, why he in it? What did he do? I don't think the former president did anything. He had the dialogue. People are making an argument that he facilitated an event where people took pot shots at the current president. But I think people were deliberating over where we are going wrong because we are continuing to go wrong. And the question around his leadership, I think, is legitimate. And I think and I think those are legitimate questions about the leadership that we have at the moment and whether or not they're fit for purpose. So that's kind of what, in my head, I think Mbeki was doing and I think what Mutlante might have facilitated. But again, I say, Mutlante really honestly didn't do anything. Anyway, we started the week with an update on state capture from President Cyril Ramaphosa. Can't leave him out. He closed off the president's weekend, announcing that so far, 165 people have appeared in court. This is in relation to the capture of the state. 2.9 billion of stolen money has been recovered. 
He's announced that so far, 165 people have appeared in court. Then he says that they want to have legislation to criminalize donations to political parties by companies who are then expecting state contracts. This one is a little bit odd for me. It's on the to-do list. I get that. I kept asking myself how when no company, and think about Busasa, think about how the Guptas functioned, or any of the audit firms that were found to have been in the wrong in their handling and in their enabling of state capture. No company will come out and openly admit that, look, the reason why I'm doing this ABCE, I'm pursuing it because of the benefit. We, the general public, see it either during or after the fact. So I'm wondering how this will actually work when this becomes law. We do need to have these systems to prevent such, but I'm struggling to see that one. Then there's the issue of lifestyle audits. Hmm? It's now a song, Mus. My issues, we're still dealing with plans. So plans upon plans upon plans. He's still managing ANC diplomacy ahead of the Republic's interests and needs. He's still worrying about December. You can see it, right? Because one imagines if December was not a factor, and if you're wondering about what is happening in December, it's the ANC's National Elective Conference where he might be up for a second term. That's a whole different conversation altogether because our president does look like he's checked out. You might have seen the News 24 opinion piece by Kanita Hunter, and she speaks about quiet quitting. And I, I'm inclined to agree with her on what she thinks she's seeing as far as the president is concerned. He might not have the appetite to come back. He didn't need the job. We all spoke about how, oh, he's so rich, business is thriving, he doesn't need the job. So he took it on and didn't turn out to be what he wanted. So there is a sense that, hey... This person is halfway at the door, so I don't actually know. My issue is the NC and its December elective conference cannot be more important than dealing with corruption at state level. His executive is riddled with people who've benefited from state capture, corruption. The fact that you're not dealing with this now because of December, or whatever reason you put on the table, we can only really read one reason into this, is an issue for me. It's a big issue for me. But most importantly, Mr. President, you insist on these monologues, these soliloquy, without anyone there to ask you questions about these plans that you've just presented. You did this as we dithered and felt our way through the lockdown due to COVID. You're continuing as your term of office comes to an end. I like the idea of a media blackout. I see a lot of journalists consistently going back and forth about what to do about a president who won't engage us. What's hard for me about that is as you rose to the highest seat in the land, you committed to engaging with media at least once a term. Where are those engagements? What happened? Hmm? Anyway, I caught up with one of the former presidents. I caught up with former president Khalima Mutlante, who was in Drakensberg over the weekend. He discussed the work of his inclusive dialogue. We spoke about President Selramaposa, state capture, and of course Palapal. And he agrees about taking the nation into confidence and explaining what really happened. Mutlante also speaks about his relationship with the former leaders, more so former president Jacob Zuma. Dig in. We are now speaking to former President Khalima Motlante. I'm joining him in Drakensburg, where I think this is the third official physical forum that's being held, a forum for inclusive growth, where there are conversations about where we are as a country and where we need to go. Thank you so much for joining me, Mr. President. Thank you. Let's talk about the forum. I was here in 2018, 2019. I'm back here for a third time. When the forum started, we understood that the country was in a dire state. Coming back here, driving here, where the roads 
uh, undrivable, where you worry about the state of the roads, you worry about what tourists experience when they come to South Africa on South African roads, you worry about poverty levels, the issues that were raised in 2018 have actually remained, and in fact, I'd argue worsened since this conversation has started. What is your reflection um, coming back to this event and trying to talk again about what the way forward should be for the country? Well, uh, the problems uh, have worsened. Uh, just getting off the motorway to this place, uh, you take longer to get here, and yet this is a prime uh, tourist destination. And and so <clears throat> we've raised it with uh, the uh, local uh, authorities, mm. and and they assured me that in Winterton uh, they, they they said to me two contractors who were contracted to. Uh, you know, ensure that this road is upgraded. Uh, got the contracts, did nothing. And the third one, at least they say, is for these trucks and earth movers <laughs> in winter, which is a promising sign. Mm. Uh, we hope that, uh, you know, they will improve on this road. Yeah. But your general sense about where the country is, think about 2018 when you started this particular forum versus where it remains. As I said, it feels like the country's gotten worse when you look at the economy and you look at the strife and our people are struggling in South Africa on a day-to-day basis. Yes, no, things have gone uh, south uh, in a number of indices and, and uh, poverty levels, the unemployment levels, uh, the general confidence levels, uh, you know, uh, of ordinary people and communities uh, in the authorities has also gone down. That is why uh, every day somewhere in one township or village there's a demonstration taking place. Uh, That in itself is an indication that things aren't uh, uh, working as they should. And and that is why today uh, we also had, you know, a session focusing on local government uh, and, and the practitioners, the people who are really involved at that level, were also indicating that uh, there's a vertical problem mm. uh, because un- unfunded mandates are taken uh, at the higher level, uh, and and they then have to be burdened with the responsibility of giving effect to those unmandated uh, uh, decisions at at local government level, and so the response is that this uh, district development models yes. are going to bring uh, the the capacity in all three uh, tiers of government. At local, at district level, mm. and, and that way, perhaps you know things will begin to improve. Do you think this political world, do you actually see a day where the district development model that we keep hearing about will actually take shape, and then we'll have a cohesive relationship between the different spheres of government? Well, you know, one of the people who are involved actually said uh, these meetings are attended, the joint meetings that is when there's a minister. And he says, uh, uh, when they leave, they uh, mandate a lower official at district level, uh, which uh, 
you know, gave me the impression that uh, perhaps uh, that's not how it got to work. Because I remember when we were hosting the FIFA Cup in 2010, mm. uh, we had exactly the same model, but only, you know, in relation to local uh, authorities and national authorities uh, where the stadiums were located. And, and, and it worked. Every week we had a meeting, we had a dashboard, and, and we didn't have to listen to perorations and, uh, you know, uh, excuses and long reports. We, we, we just wanted progress. How far mm. we would respect this. So the dashboard system worked. And that is why uh, at, at, at that time, uh, it, it was possible to bring together national uh, uh, capacities in, 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 right from tertiary to uh, uh, the police, the sports, and everybody else with the uh, local authorities where the area is located. Things were done. Things were done. There's a lot of debate around the electoral bill, the amendment bill that's been passed in parliament. A lot of people saying it's actually unconstitutional. Even in Drakensberg at the forum, at the Inclusive Growth Forum, people were talking about it, saying that there are problems with this bill as it stands. People saying that as it stands, it's an issue around constituencies with individuals. The threshold for them is even harder for independents to participate or to contest for elections. What is your general sense well, of the is, amendment bill? It is definitely a bad deal, and I don't think it will pass master uh, at the current court. Uh, I know now it's gone to the NCOP, mm. and, and if the NCOP doesn't uh, do a surgical overhaul of that bill, uh, it, will, it will definitely be struck down. Because you can't have, you know, we have a hybrid system at local government level. Mm. There's constituency and PR. Yes. Now, constituency means an independent can contest at that level. So, so if you want to have a, a hybrid system like that, then the country nationally ought to be uh, demarcated into constituencies so that all public representatives, MPs, uh, will have to, uh, even representing parties, will have to contest in their own constituencies so that they are answerable uh, to both party and, and, and the constituents. But, yes. but, but the current bill, the way mm. it's written, uh, is is a I don't know what what word to use to <laughs> try your best any word you know it makes it more burdensome and almost impossible for independent individual uh, 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 candidates mm. to contest and and also they tend to uh, lose some of the votes they get regardless of how much uh, votes they get. Uh, they, they can only get one seat, mm. you see. So it still disadvantages them regardless. Actually, I think Vali summed it up very well, that uh, it's drafted by people who fear being accountable to constituencies. And therefore, in, uh, they are uh, doing what is called malicious compliance with the court it does look like that i want to speak to you about the role of former leaders you know you've been lauded throughout the weekend about what your forum means at the same time when you were engaging in discussions about what to do about south africa 
two other former presidents, your, your comrades really, were also out in public with different engagements. What is the role of a former leader when you look at yourself and your comrades who have been heads of state in this country? Um, are you, what are your thoughts and what should be your role in a society that's in as much trouble as we all say South Africa is? Well, you know, there are many South Africans, many, many, many South Africans who are doing positive things, good work uh, in, in, in uh, different parts of South Africa. And the, the, the disadvantage is that all of them are doing this outside of a national framework. Uh, or, if you like, a national cause. So, so those wonderful uh, uh, projects that they are initiating and, and, and carrying through are not part of, uh, they are not like rivulets decanting into a mainstream river uh, which takes this country forward. And, and that is why uh, earlier on, uh, this point was made, I think, by Mr. Jonas, that what we need is a national cause. Mm. Uh, and shared vision. Shared vision, and that hasn't been fine. So all of these good things that uh, good South Africans are busy doing uh, could be, you know, uh, as I, I, I said, contributing towards the attainment of that or the advancement of that national cause. But in the absence of it being properly defined, and therefore uh, people being rallied behind it, uh, you you find that the, the, the dominant narrative is about the negatives only. And, and, and we run the risk of talking ourselves into a depression. <laughs> that might be true. I want to ask you a more pointed question around, again, one of your comrades. Former President Jacob Zuma seems really angry with the state of affairs, with what's happened with him. What is your assessment of that situation? Have you spoken to him? Um, what is your reading of what's going on and what he should maybe understand about what's unfolding around him? Well, it's inappropriate, really, for any one of us to... Uh, you know, express a view about uh, the uh, views and takes of a uh, former president because uh, we haven't had that kind of discussion. Uh, and, and, and so I suppose uh, he's perfectly within his rights to express his honest view about whatever policy uh, at this point in time. Uh, is perfectly within his rights to initiate whatever projects that uh, he wants to, uh, you know, focus his energies on, uh, and 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 that goes for uh, all of us. Uh, uh, so so that's why it, it is inappropriate uh, for it to be. Uh, to have a public general. position. Yes. Have you engaged him though throughout this period? Well, we, me, and him are on on good terms. Uh, you know, and uh, he knows where I stand uh, on, on a number of issues. Yeah. I want to speak about state capture for a little bit. Are you satisfied with the response from both government and the ANC to that state capture report and what's happened in the country over the past couple of years? Well, the, the report, the Zondo Commission report, uh, is uh, submitted to the head of state, the president. <clears throat> and the president in turn where will lead in the process of giving effect to its recommendations. 
and 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 of course uh, other uh, the other arm of the state, which is Parliament, will also have to deal with uh, that report and and uh, in where legislation uh, perhaps uh, fails to ensure that uh, the, the uh, such malfeasance would not repeat itself, they will have to fix that because they are the lawmakers. But uh, in terms of the, all the critical recommendations, it's the president who uh, has to uh, bear the responsibility to give effect. Are you satisfied with the pace that we are moving towards responding to it all? Well, the president said, uh, you know, he, he needed a bit of time uh, and, and he hasn't uh, to date uh, gone public as to the exact steps that are going to be taken uh, in order to uh, give effect to those recommendations. Um, and until then, we, we just have to say, well, you know, uh, he's committed to, to do something about it. Uh, he'll come back to us. He commits to a lot of things, our president. But this is also happening at a time where the country is unhappy, impatient. South Africans are consistently begging for response from our leaders. We're consistently asking for fast action. Are we then unfair, if you're saying we must give the president the time to do what he needs to deal with, are we then unfair saying, look, here's a dossier that says things have gone very, very wrong. Public money. We want fast and well urgent response. Are we then unfair on our president in that regard? No, uh, I don't. I, I, I'm, I'm not by any stretch of imagination arguing that uh, we we should uh, have the patience to wait. Uh, all 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 I'm saying is that uh, the the I I know that the terms of reference were actually amended mm. uh, in order to ensure that the. National Prosecuting Authority has access to the information. But of course, as you know, to create an indictment and to prosecute, uh, uh, that evidence has to be tested and, and, and so on. So the NPA, I'm sure, is seized with that because they didn't have to wait for the commission to actually end. They had already had access to uh, that information. Mr. President, are you as anxious as the rest of us are about this Palapala Pala farm saga? Are you as concerned as the country is about what actually transpired and whether or not our president has done something wrong? Well, the, 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 the point is uh, the, the, the president uh, ought to take the country into confidence and see what actually happened. Uh, you know, until then, uh, the uh, society nation will be speculating one way or the other. And, and that's not good. The last set I wanted to put on as I, as I try and wrap up is about the ANC, being yeah. the Electoral Committee chairperson. Um, they have extended the due date to the 25th of October. Yes. Does it feel to you that they'll meet that deadline as far as the branch general meetings are concerned? That process, what is your assessment of that process and I wonder if the electoral committee sits and thinks you should have taken more control of the entire process earlier as opposed to allowing even the ANC to get to where it is before handing over the reins to the electoral committee. I, 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 I don't understand. Uh... Two, 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 two part question. The first one is about um, the, the extended the deadline for the nominations. Yeah, the deadline, I understand. And then the other one is 
from what I understand, I've spoken to Chief about it as well. There will be a time where the electoral committee will take full control of the process towards December. Should that not have happened maybe sooner where you are fully in charge of even how these BGMs are being are being handled as opposed to the Secretary General's office? Well, the, the convening of uh, uh, you know, branch uh, general members meetings, our role is to ensure that uh, such meetings are managed within the rules as adopted by the National Executive Committee. And and, and also, uh, we have an agency. The Elections Agency. The Elections mm. Agency. And we also have the uh, electoral officers. Mm. Uh, and, and so this uh, forms that ought to be completed at each and every branch general members meeting. But, but these branch general members meetings have to comply with the requirements of the ANC constitution and all of that. Uh, and, and that is why that's the responsibility of uh, the ANC. Ours is to ensure that we are meticulous about the record. So we, the, 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 the completed forms will be collated and consolidated at provincial level. And, and, and against each name that has been nominated, the, the tallying would uh, uh, give us the exact number of nominations uh, against that name. So some of the uh, people who have raised their hands, some of the people who uh, uh, you know, uh, nominated uh, may fall away because uh, yes. for, 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 for the officials we take the top three for each position. And and for the uh, additional members, we take the top 200. Do you think they're going to meet their deadlines? Are you happy with the progress? Yes, yes, yes. Barring, of course, uh, if, you know, uh, as digitized records uh, uh, and, and, and membership system uh, and the scanners. Yes, I've heard complaints about so the scanners. Far, uh, uh, slowness has been, you know, as a result of the uh, dysfunctional scams. All right, thank you so much for your time, Mr. Thank President. You. That's it from us. Catch us again next week. This podcast was produced by Dudu Masuku and Amu Ramela. For Eyewitness News, my name is Tidi Madia.